the Lou and Matt podcast. Yeah, welcome along to the uh, Lou and Matt podcast. I have to say, Lou, usually um, over the past few weeks, months indeed, um, at the end of the week when we do a podcast, usually say something like, ah, this has been another bloody week that we've gotten through, you know, more restrictions, more rules and regulations, but not this week. This week has been fun. It has actually been fun. You're so right. And the reason it's been so fun is Border Monopoly. It's been awesome. So we're building a monopoly board that is exclusively the border. Yeah, in conjunction with Vitasoy, who is celebrating 20 years uh, on the border. And it's just so much fun. And it's it's fun to get away from all the other crap that's happening. It's just, uh, it's good fun. So we've uh, we built the browns, we've built the light blues, we've built the pinks, and um, we're in the process of finding out the oranges. So that was his uh, Holbrook, Howlong, Thaguna, and Monday we'll find out about Lavi. Yes. And I love talking about the different areas too. It's like talking about an old friend each time, you know, because yeah, we've all got is. so many experiences in wherever we're talking about. Yeah, and it's good because we're getting to know the border even better, like getting reacquainted almost with some yes. places that some of us haven't been to for a while. Yeah, and the reason why exactly, <laughs> exactly, and the reason why people love love them because, I mean, we're getting a lot of calls from people because the voting is critical because you're helping build it basically um, and um, we're getting a lot of calls from people who live in those areas yeah. and, and they're telling us why they love where they live and yeah. that's that's very inspiring. It absolutely is. And and the other reason that you need to get involved is it's the only way to get a copy of the Border Monopoly Board Man, because it is copy. an official Hasbro proper Monopoly yeah. Board, yeah. Um, but it's not going to be on sale in the shops. No, nah, no. Nah. And the artwork looks amazing. Go and check it out. You can see it on our Facebook page, uh, Triple M The Border, or at triplem.com.au, which is where you can vote right now uh, and vote for um, for Lavington. You can also vote for anything else in the one go if you want, or you can just um, you know keep doing it as we ask and give us a call when we, when we talk about it daily. But we do lock them in, and then once they're locked in, there's no movement from there. So yes. Holbrook, how long, Thaguna are all locked in and ready to go. I also can't wait, Lou. Um, it'll be not next week, but the week after when we start building the uh, putting the utilities together and the, the playing pieces as well. That'll be really fun, actually, because I don't know about you, which which piece did you always like to get on the Monopoly board? Car. You, you always went straight for the car? Straight for the car. See, I was a bit of a fan of the thimble. I don't oh, know why. <laughs> Maybe. It really does I, highlight our personalities quite well. <laughs> you were on a sewing weekend last week. Yeah, weekend I was. You there you go. The thimble makes sense. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Border Monopoly, make sure you're listening out uh, on air, on the radio, on 105.7 Triple M from Mondays. We continue to build our Border Monopoly board in conjunction with Vita Soy. But there was plenty of other stuff going on this oh, week, yeah. and we'll kick it off with this. Ordinarily, any ordinary year, this is the best time of year for local netty and footy, for the mm-hmm. O&M Hume League, sure Talangula is. League. Spring is in the air. Finals are starting. It's an awesome month. But realistically, not this year, um, but will the O&M manage to actually get any finals and have a premier? That's that's what we're focused on. Sarah Sanini is a Lavi Panthers and now Yarra Wonga, 300-plus game champion. And she joins us. Sarah, good morning. 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 Oh, Sarah, it, like, it's just sad that, that this is sort of what it's come to. I mean, as if it's not hard enough that, you know, people are in lockdown and people have lost their jobs and a whole lot of other horrible things have happened. We don't yeah. even have 
the joy of sport at the moment to, no. to keep us going. No, unfortunately, but obviously got to keep everyone safe, uh, safe first and foremost, of which course. is the most important thing. But yeah, as you say, there's a lot of people that are way, way, way more worse off than what people who can't play sport, but it's just that mental release to yeah, be able to go, right. have a run around, have a socialise with some friends and um, yeah, just get out, especially this time of year, how beautiful the day's been oh, yeah. Yeah. the last couple yeah. of weekends. So, I mean, in the middle of the year when it was pouring rain and freezing cold on Saturdays, I was secretly happy, happy that... <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what oh a you shame. got a game at Myrtleford. Oh. <laughs> Bummer. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> All right. Now, now that it's like this, yeah, it's sort of um, pining to play. Well, we need a prediction then. So, um, I mean, we know that north side of the border is locked down for another couple of weeks yeah. and south side, we have no idea. So mm. what what can possibly happen? I mean, you can't push the season out too long b- because cricket gets all of the grounds. Yeah, and you've so got to be mindful of other sports too. You can't just sort of go, well, let's push it back a couple of weeks um, because it's in our best interest mm. because that then affects, as you say, your crickets and yeah. water polos and all those sorts of things. So um, I think... Uh, as the weeks go by, it's getting harder and harder to keep the season going. But, I mean, do they start dropping? And, and, and this is just an opinion. Do they drop and go, okay, well, it's top four now as another week passes and then it's your top three? Okay, but then, yeah. like, I don't know, you know, all the teams that have done the hard work to get to the yes. top three positions, do they get rewarded for that? It's such a hard thing to decide and I'm glad I'm not one of yeah. the Ovens and Murray board people trying to work this out. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you just got to be mindful of of yeah the summer sports and and but also be mindful that people are itching to play. Um, yeah, so I, I know there's been a few leagues that have pulled the pin and those have sort of been um, directly affected by the Shepparton cluster. Yes. So you can understand why they've done that. Yeah. Uh, however, we're sort of at arm's length from that, so um, you know that might be in our favour just a little. All right, well, let's Maybe. let's hold on. Well, why can't they just do a thing where they? Like the AFL, just play behind closed doors. I mean, is that even a possibility? I know gate-taking is such a huge thing in local sport, but would you be up for that if it came to it? Well, I mean, we played that final round against that we got to play, which was that one-off against Wangaratta, which was bare minimum at the games. Uh, So, and I mean, that was a great, that was a a good day. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, half of it is, the day of having having the crowd yeah, there. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, saying catch a next season to a few people from other clubs and things like that. But uh, it just, um, I mean, they'll decide eventually. But it's just hard. Like you want to you want to play, um, but you also don't want to put gotcha. anyone at risk at the same yeah, time. Absolutely, Sarah Sabini. Yeah. Well, thank you for for that insight from someone who's obviously <laughs> so been sitting around, <laughs> sitting on your hands a little bit, waiting to see what is going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Look, I'll we'll just um, wait and see. All right, says uh, good to talk to you, and uh, we'll we'll still talk to you again before the end of what would have been the season. Another no, couple of weeks, no matter what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend, Triple M. Thank God for streaming services, Lou, because oh. the content has never Life been more saving. important. Yep. At the movies, and our movie man in the know, Shane A. Bassett. Good morning. Very good morning to you. Now you've got three beauties for us today, Shane A. Yeah, you could say that. Um, there's so much to choose from when it comes to streaming services, but I always try and narrow it down to the things that will be of interest to people, um, including this one. It's a comedy now. I haven't had a good laugh for a while. Rare Beasts, 
it stars Billy Piper, once a pop star. Now, um, now she wrote, directed, and stars in this one. Once She's a Doctor unlike- Who companion, also. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, and she also appears in a few other movies, but mostly um, just out there, out there things. And yep. in this one. A little bit more like Bridget Jones, I guess you could call it. She's a single mum whose boyfriend is equally as outspoken as her. It's opposites attract, but it's comedy in the cringeworthy mode. Very edgy humour. And British. Yeah, yeah. We love British. All right, now I'm going to leave Jason Momoa to you, Lou. I'm just going to watch this on the basis that that it stars Jason Momoa, Aquaman. (laughs) Yeah, better known as Aquaman. I, I can see what you see in him, uh, definitely. Oh, he's a Luke. handsome specimen. <laughs> well, in this one, his acting is quite dramatic. Uh, less action, more drama. He plays a, a man who's lost his wife. Um, he's now re- raising his teen daughter. And the thing is, they both embark on this sort of road trip, this revenge mission to take down the medical corporation that they believe failed and lied to them, uh, covered up the, the death of his wife. So um, it's a really good combination between the father and daughter. Um, their chemistry is cool, and it's yep. got a bit of a twist. If you, you Don't overthink it. you just got to keep watching it and enjoy it. All right. If you okay. overthink now, it, you'll be confused. Now, the name of that one is Sweet Girl. Sweet Girl. Sweet Girl. That's on, on Netflix. Netflix. So Rare Beasts and then Sweet Girl and then the final one. <gasps> this one sounds amazing too. Now, again, Kevin Costner, you just got to put those <laughs> two words and I will watch the movie. But yeah. it's also a Western, which makes it even more appealing. This Let's one's c- called Let Him Go. Yeah, let him go. It's it's a modern western uh, thriller, and it's brilliant, as you can say. Very, uh, as you say, Kevin Costner's awesome. Uh, he's with Diane Lane in this. They play gran- oh, grandparents. She's good too. They, yeah, oh, she's been around since the '80s as well. Um, she, they basically their grandparents who want to get back their late son's child, who's been taken away from them by the daughter, uh, the daughter-in-law who's remarried. But the family she's remarried into are very shady and very criminal. Oh, so, uh, they, they travel back. And Kevin Costner's character is a uh, retired sheriff. So I he uses it. all his skills. Yes. Yes. Good westerns really coming good. back. You know? Yes, like, and that one's yeah. on um, Amazon Prime. So It is. I, I saw it at the cinema, um, and I actually have a Blu-ray copy of it. I liked it that much, but oh, it's on Amazon Prime. I'm watching now. it on the weekend. Done. Right. So the three, Rare Beasts. Um, now, that, where's that available from? It's a VOD, video on demand, to rent or buy on digital platforms or on DVD. Yep, Sweet Girl on Netflix and Let Him Go on Amazon Prime. Thanks again for helping us through the three uh, new releases and there's plenty more on as well. Shana Bassett, thanks so much, mate. We'll uh, get your expertise again next week. Always a pleasure. It goes so quick. Have a great Mm. day, guys. Talking footy with Swatter. And the great man joins us, uh, Wayne Schwass. Good morning to you. Uh, very good morning to you too, Knucklehead and beautiful Lulu. How are you both? Yeah, great, thing. Well, I'm you. well, but yeah. I, Lou, now I oh, I believe that I need... Can I just apologise in advance for what Matt's about <laughs> to say? What's he going to do? Oh, I need a bit of credit have, here. Have a listen to You're me. going your way because back in March, it was March the, t- the 11th, before we started talking to you actually, Swatter, I said, mm. Lou, I said, Lou, um, David Teague will be sacked by the end of the season. I said that, didn't I, Lou? And look, look I can't I can't confirm or deny that Swatter. There's no audio evidence of that. It's come true, Swatter. I'll give you some credit. I'll give you no credit at all, Knucklehead, and I'll tell you what. <clears throat> one of the things that I've observed within the AFL media and the media at, at large, if you throw enough darts, at some point one's yes. gonna stick Good in point. the bullseye. <laughs> yep. Now you may or you 
may or may not have got lucky here, so we can't clarify or confirm whether no. or not you said it. But I guess if that's what you need to hang your hat on, then well done, Matt. Yeah. Well done indeed. You're right. I did say the Lions would finish bottom of the ladder as well. So that was one yeah, I didn't two get years quite ago, right. And, and, and two years ago, you bet me that Adelaide would finish higher than Sydney and North, and we're still waiting on a tattoo. Woo. It'll come. It'll come. Uh, now, Ross Lyon, I reckon, would be a good choice for Carlton. Am I but wrong, Swatter? Just let me go back for a second. I have a very, very good mentor of mine. been a mentor for 16 years, and he often says a favourite quote of his, it's always the right thing to do the right thing. What Carlton should have done is notified David Teague after last week's game that he was no longer going to be the coach of Carlton. What they then should have done is announce that on Monday. But what they did is they wait until Thursday, <clears throat> and then they make the announcement. So it gets dragged out. Players go and present an 11th hour plea for the club to keep David Teague. Jeez, I hope the players did that six months ago. I hope they did it three months ago. I hope they did it two weeks ago. If you've waited for this time to put your case forward that you think David Teague is the right man, then I think you've missed the opportunity. Yep. And the other, thing, the other thing that I'd like to share is where is the, the accountability of those people that made the decision to appoint David Teague? I'm tired, tired of coaches being sacked no accountability or responsibility or review of those people that made these decisions is ever undertaken. To throw David Teague under the bus and have no accountability or responsibility directed at the people, including the board, yes. that, that rubber stamp this decision yep. is just am- amateur hour. And the other thing I'll throw into it, Mark Thompson was almost fired after six years coaching, went on to win three premierships. Damien Hardwick, after Richmond finished their final game, uh, the year before they won their first flag, lost to Sydney by 118 points. These clubs had strong boards who stayed the course and saw the coach through. How do we know David Teague's, David Teague's not a good coach? We don't. What we do know is he's no longer a coach of Carlton. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. That's fair Marginal. enough, Swatter. And I called it way back in March. Very well, done, well, very well said, Swatter. Yes. Let's turn our attention to the game's uh, first round this weekend, which is very exciting. Um, let's start it off with... Port Adelaide, your favourite Adelaide team, and yes. Geelong Cats. Geez, I tell you, I've got so much admiration for Port Adelaide. I've done a remarkably good job. Um, you know, apart from there being churches and nice wine in the Barossa Valley, there ain't that much good coming out of South Australia, <laughs> except for the mighty Port Adelaide Football Club. Matt's, um, from, Matt's be... from South Australia. Well. All right, Doug. Let's no, do... Matt, Matt's actually from England when he was shoveled on the boat <laughs> and put over here with a boat of condom. Let's get that straight. No, All right. Uh, no, I think Port... Shut up, Matt. That's my tip. I'm on this show. I'm the superstar. Uh, Port Adelaide to win. <laughs> Port Adelaide. Ugh. Hurry up, man. Um, all right. Port Adelaide to win. Sydney. Did you hear it right? <laughs> Sydney Swans. Your Sydney Swans against the Thank Giants. You. Surely an easy win for the Swans is one I would have uh, thought. I won't say it'll be easy, but it'll be a win. And Lance Buddy Franklin, if he jags eighth this weekend, kicks a thousand goals in his career. What a magnificent performance yeah. that would be. Sydney to win. Uh, now, this is going to be uh, a great game to watch, I reckon. Uh, Melbourne and the Lions at the Adelaide Oval. Yes. Now, if you're an Adelaide supporter, in fact, I don't know if there are any that exist anymore. If you're just a footy fan and want to see a good game of footy between two good teams, this is the one to come. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the entire Adelaide squad comes and watches two teams play footy just, just to see how it's done. Get some tips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Right. Absolutely. Brisbane will win. Final game. The Doggies, who finished off the season a little disappointingly, let's be honest, against the Dons, have Essendon got a chance of a big oh, upset Absolutely. I, I think the Bombrays are going to win this one. Uh, the Bulldogs, Bulldogs are going to go out in straight sets. What a disappointing performance it was to, to end their home and away season. 
Bombers in good form. Jakey Stringer, the light it up again. They'll go into week two of the finals. Mm. And talk about disappointing finish. Oh, you could say this about Adelaide Blue because right. they have been disappointing <laughs> since you could 2017. Say that. You would. Lost in the grand final. Of course Blue. you would. I mean, where do we start? Yeah, I know. Well, that's, that's, a too... whole, that's a whole show in itself, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're right. There's just like too, many, there's too many negative things to say in this segment, Swatter. We, <laughs> we need to wrap it up. I, I, I know, I know. Just got one more thing. I've been thinking about a new podcast idea. Yeah. It's called The 25-Year Rebuild from the Adelaide Crows. Nice. It's, it's, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Going to interview everybody to see where it went horribly wrong. Oh, Swatter, always a pleasure. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you, you know, next week. Oh, I, I know you're just going to sit by the phone and wait for me to, you to call me on Monday. Goodbye. See you later. Oh, bye. <laughs> and we had that major flood in 2016, if you remember, because the Hume Dam reached capacity and then they had to release heaps of water all at once. And the Murray River Action Group is concerned that at 92% currently, it's not going to take much for it to potentially cause similar problems. Richard Sargood joins us from the Action Group. Richard, is it looking like a possible 2016 all over again? Uh, look, it is, Matt. It's, um, uh, it's still early days here. We've still got a little bit of airspace left in the dam, but the unfortunate thing about the situation at the moment is if we do get a repeat of conditions similar to 2016, we're going to end up with the, exactly the same result because... The MDBA hasn't changed its operating structure one little bit from that year. So you're talking about the Murray-Darling Basin Authority and they're obviously responsible for um, releasing water from the Hume Dam. Now, I notice there has been some releases over the last few weeks and, um, and it's you know it looks like they're letting a lot of water out of the dam, but obviously we have had a lot of rain. It's been a pretty wet winter. Um, currently, the forecast says there's going to be some more rain why would they not release more water? Uh, that's a very good common sense question that, that probably should be directed to the MDBA. But the, the fact of the matter is that they did release a little bit of water. And when I say a little bit, only a very little bit of water for about two or three days, about 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the rest of the water that they have been releasing, which again isn't much, was actually an environmental flow. So that was coming off a water account from the Commonwealth Environmental Water Holder. Gotcha. So actually, so actually the MDBA hasn't been any re- releasing any water off its own bat, essentially. Oh. Now, well, we talked to Susan Lee yesterday and she said that there won't be a repeat because the communication process is a lot better. So um, how have you found that? Is I mean, have you found that's the case? Uh, look, the communication process is a little bit better. They they have set up meetings, and in actual fact, I've got another one um, in about half an hour with them, with the MDBA. But the fact of the matter is that they haven't changed any of their operating procedures one little bit from 2016. It just seems odd that um, you can see that the, the weir is almost at capacity, like, it, you know, the dam's full, um, and it doesn't have much more room. What possible reason could they have for holding on to that water? Unfortunately, the reason is very simple. Uh, the MDBA in the in the states can only sell water; they can't sell airspace. Now, um, they are they are uh. basically hold, they are basically basically holding downstream communities, caravan parks, um, you know, farmers, everything to, uh, to not to ransom, but you know, we're wearing the the flooding risk while uh, yeah. then while they're not wearing any um, any supply risk to uh, to irrigation gotcha. communities. So. It's, uh, you know, I, I can't help but keep repeating myself that nothing has changed from 2016 as far as their operating procedures are concerned. All right. Now, how much should they release? Up until about now, they haven't done too bad a job. But in the face of 
Um, and, and we don't want to impact water security, don't get me wrong. You know, water security is incredibly important. But given that um, the Bureau of Meteorology is forecast uh, wetter than average conditions for the next three months, um, you know, these guys have to be on the ball and be prepared to release water for, for inflows that are coming in. They don't even allow for inflows that can be reasonably expected. They, oh. allow, for, they allow for inflows that are a lot less than what will actually come in. So if they, can't, if they don't know exactly what's coming in and are allowing for a, a, a less figure, then how can they manage releases properly? Sounds like a very, very complex issue. But look, thank you for at least giving us some insight into it. Richard Sargood from the Murray River Action Group. Thanks for chatting with us. Thanks, guys. The Lou and Matt Podcast. And that's it for the Lou and Matt Podcast. There'll be another one on Tuesday, of course, Lou, and uh, Monday morning we're back on air. We are. We'll be back from six. More border monopoly, more fun, and we'll keep you across everything that you need to know. It's Lou and Matt on podcast and the Borders 105.7 Triple M.